Okay, listen up, everyone. We have four dangerous escaped podcasts on the loose, and it's your job to bring them in. You hear me? They go by the name Sad Styles Productions. On Tuesday, the Retrograde Podcast celebrates 30 years of Sonic by playing Sonic Spinball. On Thursday, the Jackass crew begins their stump-by-stump breakdown of Season 2 of the TV show Jackass. Also on Thursday, Mikey is joined by Frank Krupe of Hockey Illuminati to find out how to use social media to find his own voice in the world of sports radio. On Friday, Losing Money with Andrew Bascom is trying to find ways to lose money on the NBA and NHL playoffs. Be careful. These podcasts are funny and interesting and should be approached with extreme caution. But most importantly, don't forget to get into it. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers? And welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom, and this is your 20-minute sports gambling podcast where we start to talk about football. Yes, yes, it's almost that time. It is, an, it is a mere July, which is still two months away from football season. But we thought we'd soften the ground a little bit on a few of our favorite bets we're looking at. Trust me, there will be whole episodes devoted to d- division previews and conference previews and over-under wins and award wins, and that's going to be starting in August. But I couldn't help myself just a month away if we could find some odds that we should be jumping on right now. But before we get to any of that, why don't we do a recap? Recap! And God, I love doing recaps on weeks like this. I love doing recaps on weeks we make money. And why shouldn't you be happy at home? Because you bet with us, right? Unless you tried to fade us, which is, of course, betting against us. And then you have to pay the piper, my friend, because this week we made money. Bad week to fade us. Let's do it again. Let's do a recap. Recap times two. Eh, See, I like hearing your voice this week. Thank you. It was UFC fight night, gone Volkov. You know what? And uh, we feel really good about this. We got our three picks that we put out. We won on all three main bets. And even on the sprinkles, we won two to three of those. Sprinkles are plus money usually. So winning those feels pretty good. If you didn't like Cyril gone before, I, I don't know what to tell you. Volkov looked good, but gotta gotta tell you, very interesting strategy to stand at distance and let Cyril gone just pick you apart the whole time. It was like it was like he was in cahoots on this one. I don't really get it. But then again, somebody did also make the argument earlier to me on on at losing money WAB, where we were discussing the fight a little bit. But that's also where Volkov feels strength. You know, at distance, being able to use his incredibly long gorilla arms uh, to pick people apart from a distance. Unfortunately, we just found a better fighter that day. Sirgan, man, we're gonna bring him up later in the show because of everything going on in the Ganu, but. He is a immediate title contender. He is a top five contender that can be thrown in the title conversation. And he will be in the title conversation because of this ridiculous interim title he's fighting with uh, Derek Lewis over, which is crazy. And we will get to that in a second. Tanner Bozer won. That's great. We had him by decision. He won by knockout. Okay, I can't really blame you. Big guy. That's good. I, I don't know if that's super impressive anymore because uh, OSP is moving up a weight division. But, you know, a win's a win. Better than a loss. So congratulations to him. And then we had Tim Means also winning and via decision, which is exactly what happened. Feeling pretty good. I don't know. I don't know about you. We're, we're an East Coast uh, podcast here. And every time that they do the fight nights or like a, a pay-per-view or something like that, and you're like, it starts at two in the afternoon. And you're like, what? It makes you reconsider everything you knew about life. You're like, it's sunny out, but I'm watching men fight. I'm gambling paychecks away, but yet it's sunny out and I could go enjoy. I could hear children laughing. That's insane. 
Always makes me feel very uncomfortable. The other big fight that we wanted to talk about is Gervonta Davis beat Mary Barrios with a knockout. Uh, we didn't get the knockout round correctly, but we did have Gervonta Davis, and we had him via KO. So those are wins as well, and that's really exciting. And it also really opens up really exciting talk about what will Gervonta Davis do next. The name Ryan Garcia is out there. And Ryan Garcia, young guy, perfect, also knockout artist. This would be a hell of a fight. This would, this would be like... I, I, you know, you hear me rage against the Paul brothers all the time. You hear, you rage. I, I rage against gimmick boxing. You know, I'm, we're one step away from a Declawed Bear versus, you know, a YouTube star. This would be, oh my God, boxing is back on the map. You know, it's easy to sell heavyweights. It's when, when Fury and Wilder will fight again, people will go, oh, I'm, I'm in a lineup to watch that. That's great. Those are two very large men punching each other. Hard to argue. That's a spectacle. I totally get that. But when you get really good tacticians, really good small fighters that kind of break through you know, that, that public consciousness, that is no, that is when you know you're hitting something out of the park. And I think you're going to see that with Ryan Garcia and Gervonta Davis. That'll be a one where your friend that kind of is into boxing will elbow you a little bit and go, hey, Saturday night, get beers. We're going to watch this pay-per-view because it, something spectacular will happen. And I think the, the, the thing that we loved about the Gervonta Davis fight there is that he showed that he was very aware of the fight inside of it. He was taking his time. He was picking them apart. Depending on the scorecard he looked at, depending on, he was up or down. Like, he believed he was up. His corner believed he was up. But I saw some cards where he was down. And you saw that really great clip where Floyd Mayweather, while he's in the corner, taps him and goes, hey, I have you down. And Gervonta Davis is like, what? I'm losing? And he's like, yeah. It was like round nine. And then he just goes out there. And if Brock Lesnar has suplex city, Gervonta Davis has uppercut alley. I don't know, something else. That doesn't make perfect alliteration sense, but we're going to go with. He just was just teeing off, like just sinking. It was like a game of Mortal Kombat. Sinking your head low, looking for an uppercut. Sink your head low, looking for an uppercut. And good God, <laughs> the percentage of which he landed was insane. So Javante Davis, very exciting fighter. Ryan Garcia, very exciting fighter. Not to say that, not to take anything away from Ryan Garcia, but uh, he's a very good social media star. So like an actual boxer that is good as social media, so that will help uh, sell the fight as well. I hope that happens. Because on the other side, we also had Lomachenko fighting, and, uh, you know, he looked really good. Yes, it was against a tomato can, but a win's a win. Kind of go back to Tanner Bowser. It's better than losing. So, do we going to see a Tefimo Lopez rematch? Ooh, that's another one. That's exciting, you know? I want to see exciting boxing matches. If I'm going to sit here and rage and be your very old uncle sitting on a porch yelling at clouds that are shaped like Paul Brothers for stupid fights, then you, I have to be excited about the good boxing matches. That's the deal. That's the deal. Is it? Is that too hard to ask? Someone say yes. And then we also discussed underdogs in the NHL. So since uh, since we've last talked, sweet listener, sweet losers, the Montreal Canadiens won and moved on to the uh, to the finals to face off the Lightning. Uh, as of recording, it is two nothing Lightning after a impressive Wednesday night win. Guess what? We've bet on the Canadians in both games in the finals. We've lost both. That is totally fine. Because of our underdog strategy, and because the Canadians will start to get closer and closer to plus 200 in the game, it is absolutely making sense to keep betting on the Canadians. I know this is going to sound crazy, and if I lose four straight games, so be it. We've done so well in the playoffs on underdogs, on underdog-specific bets, underdog money line bets, that I'm more than willing to take the medicine on the four as it draws back to the average. It should mean that eventually favorites are going to start winning more than underdogs. Well, that's impossible in this playoffs, but you imagine it's going to start drawing back towards the middle. And that's okay, because if you've been following our strategy, and you've been doing it you know, at home, or you've been listening to our picks at WAB on Instagram, on Twitter, you'll know that you can make, you've can you made money on this just by betting underdogs. And if we have to swallow a little bit of medicine on the way out, so be it. But you also can't tell me so Montreal is not going to win the next two. Who the hell knows? 
Underdogs are winning all the time right now. You can't you can't look me straight in the face, very intimidatingly, ruggedly handsome, and tell me that Montreal cannot win two games in the series. That might even draw you back. If it's plus 200 and they win two and lose four, you've made even money. Check my math. I said it a little fast, but that makes sense. So if you keep noticing our daily picks at Losing Money WIB, we are going to keep betting on the underdogs in the same way that we're going to be getting closer and closer to the NBA Finals as well. The Phoenix Suns have punched their ticket therein. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with the Bucks Hawks? By the time you listen to this, a game has happened that I have not seen yet. What's the future like? Is it nicer out there? Are people good to each other? COVID, how's that going? Because of Giannis's leg, because of Trey's uh, ankle, you know, who knows what's going to happen right now? But really, at the end of the day, who's full team is more talented that's a good question i couldn't i don't even know if i could fully tell you at this point which team is better without their main star the identity of the milwaukee bucks is built around Giannis and his very specific skill sets whereas the atlanta hawks are a little bit more of like a, a punchier team you know you can't expect lou williams to come out there and drop 25 on every game lou williams famously bad playoff player but it's just working because it's in atlanta Maybe he's happy. Atlanta seems like a great place. But between that and John Collins and Bogdanovich is hurt and Hunter's out. And, you know, it's just like eventually this has to catch up with them. A lot of people were saying when Atlanta went up one nothing in the series that we should have been all jumping on Milwaukee because that's as low as we're ever going to see the series price. I'm starting to think the exact same thing all over again. Now that it's 2-2, I'm seeing Milwaukee as a series price at minus 125. That's pretty good. You're not going to be able to get those odds in game. Because game five, the game that you've already seen, oh, futuristic. Are we all wearing single bodysuits with a V on them yet? Is food in cube form? Milwaukee is a minus 130. So you're already starting to see the odds difference between that. And if you really believe Milwaukee can win the next two of the three games, then why aren't you taking the odds series right now? Am I? Ooh, good question. I'm glad you asked. No, I'm going to stick to in-game stuff because if Trey Young comes back, the moneymaker that itself has been over points. You've, I've been railing against this. You've been seeing it at Losing Money WAB. Every time we go Trey Young over 27 and a half points. And guess what? Trey Young makes us money every time. So it sucks to see him hurt. It sucks to see him hurt because he tripped on a ref's leg. Like really terrible. But if he comes back, I am more than excited to be betting on Trey Young over points again. They got, they got creeping up to 25, 28 and a half, 29 and a half. Um, and we still took it and we still won. So him with him being hurt too, I think they'll like, oh, is it like 24 and a half? We don't know how many minutes he's going to play. I am going to pound that over. I am going to take that over every day of the week. So there you go. There's our thoughts and kind of a recap. Recap. On everything we talked about last week and going into the immediate games this week. But before we get into football, I want to talk about that Francis Naganu. I don't know, controversy you want to go with? Uh, whatever. The heavyweight title controversy. For some reason, the UFC is really bent of getting Francis Ngannou back in the octagon as fast as possible. Francis Ngannou is, of course, waiting out for John Jones because he believes that'll be the biggest fight. Heads up, it would. He's not wrong. And I think as a form of negotiation for John Jones, Francis Ngannou has now been thrown into the middle of it as well because, and this is all hypothetical, but they would believe that Francis Ngannou getting back in the ring, looking amazing, selling a bunch of fights, you know, taking the whole tour around the press and, you know, just Kathy Lee... Johnny Carson does the whole thing would make John Jones go, okay, I'll take a little bit less because I know I'm going to make more in the long run. I think that's what they're doing because otherwise they're just acting like assholes. They're just being absolute dickheads. They're going to have an interim title fight. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this with Cyril Gunn, who we just talked about earlier and Derek Lewis in August, they needed a pay-per-view. 
They didn't have a headliner for pay-per-view, and they're like, let's do this. Nagano fought in March. Like, this isn't like, I don't really get where this is coming from. Interim titles are usually because somebody's moved up a weight class, or they are injured, unable to fight for lots of reasons. Francis Nagano is like, well, wait, you told me John Jones. They're like, yeah, that's not good enough. <laughs> you gotta fight Derek Lewis. It's like, well, why? Huh? The interim title thing is just such a, it's so regrettable. If they made it a number one contender match, no one would have blinked. But now they made it an interim title, and everybody is, you know, up in arms with how awful the UFC can be, Dana White specifically. So I don't get it. I I, I wish nothing but Francis would have nothing but the best. And I, I hope he sets out. That's totally fine, because this is a real dick move. Derek Lewis gone, it's a good fight. You know, and I, I, I'm excited to watch that, even though it'll be for the interim title. They're going to put a title on the, somebody at the end of it. That's so dumb. Just to put it in perspective, he hasn't fought in March. That would go to August. So that's five months. There'll be a five-month difference between those two things. Like, Miocic didn't fight for a whole year in between Cormier fights. Not because he was injured, because they were waiting for Cormier to get back. Volkanovski hasn't fought in a whole year. He's a champion of featherweight. Like, I don't really get where they get to bully him around, maybe because he's new, and they're like, yeah, we can do that. I, I just think it's, it's just such a bad look for the UFC. You know, to think they can bully people around to that. And and you know what? I hope they get the interim title. Nothing happens. Jones signs. And that interim title has to go away while they wait. That would just be the, the perfect dessert for that. So stupid. But with that being said, let's talk about a sport that's never had any controversy. It's only treated its, uh, its employees really well. The NFL. Okay, here are the ones that I wanted to jump out. There are some picks that we made. And we haven't been able to talk about them too much because we wanted to be able to, you know, when we start talking about football, it won't be able to stop. It's like a ball rolling down a hill. So... I want to talk about a few bets we made right now, and then right in August, I, I bet you once a show, we're going to have a segment just talking about the NFL. So let's start. Here's what we always talk about. Okay, so when you, we will probably be speaking to the Pants Right Prince, we'll probably be speaking to the Gambler, we'll probably be speaking to Charlie Chalk about their favorite football picks, but my, my strategy that I always like doing is imagine how you see the season going. The whole season, right? Every team... What are, what are the storylines? You know, think about your fantasy team. Who, who what players do you think are taking a step up? What players do you think are taking a step back? Create the whole storyline in your head like it's some version of D&D. And then start thinking about how you can make money on that. Like, I'll start with this. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to have an amazing season. I thought they were going to have an amazing season last season, and they did. They won a bunch of games. They were overs on a bunch of stuff. And if you were betting on them, you were making money. That being said, even in the middle of their season, they were having tremendous bad luck. There was horrible weather games that they were having. There was some injury stuff that was weird. It, you know, Miles Garrett got COVID. Like, there are parts of it that didn't still could have been better. And really, if you look at OBJ was hurt, excuse me, that's another big one. But if you look at them, they are one of the most talented teams in the in the whole NFL. And now it's starting to feel like they can pull it together a little bit. So if I think that's going to be true, then why wouldn't I look at, yes, Baker Mayfield for MVP? I'm going to say it again just in case you choked on your drink while, like, driving your car or commuting or something like that. Baker Mayfield for MVP plus 2,200. Plus 2,200. That sounds great. That sounds like great odds. And if he's the best player on what possibly might be the best team in the league, I know, I know, I know, why wouldn't he be? And so if I like that, why wouldn't I bet Cleveland Browns to have the best record at plus 1,400? Another huge, long odds. Is it going to be fun to bet the Kansas City Chiefs' best record? No. You have to take bigger swings at this point. Yeah, by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs' over-under for wins right now is 12.5. So, oh, also keep in mind, over-under wins, there are 17 games this season. Not 16 games. There are 17 games. You need to change your whole perspective on what it could look like. I, I have to do this constantly where I'm like, 12.5? Jesus Christ. They're going to go 13-3? and three? No. But if they go 13-4... and four, do you see the Kansas City Chiefs losing more than four games? 
I don't. I think there's this weird thing that now we think about the Super Bowl and we're like, oh, okay, they're not that good. It's like, what? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> they're amazing. So, Cleveland Browns, best record in the league, plus 1,400. Same thing, Kansas State Chiefs, over 12.5 wins. Yes, because those, th- those two things are related, right? Like, think about your bets talking to each other. They live in the same world, hypothetically. Okay, so we talked about the MVP. Let's talk about Comeback Player of the Year. Last year, I nailed this. Alex Smith. I said to the Panzerite Prince, all he needs to do is dress for one snap, and he's going to win this award. He didn't even have to do that. He started a bunch of games. Incredible. And then retired. So good good career for you, Alex Smith. But we nailed this pick last year, and I think we're going to nail it again. Dak Prescott, comeback player of the year, plus 170. Not great odds, but plus 170. I get a return of money on plus money for Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was breaking record pace when he had his foot pretty much removed from his body. But... He seems to be good now. He's going to be in an incredibly high-powered offense. That that offense is great because the defense has not gotten any better. So the offense is still going to be really, really good. Dak Prescott, comeback player of the year at plus 170. That feels like like you're, they're giving you money. What are you doing? Because I also did like that some of the people he's going against, you're like, it's, it's a lot of people that got, got hurt, right? Saquon Barkley. Oh, okay. Yeah, he got hurt. That's Yeah, he'll come back. Then there was Carson Wentz. He's the fifth highest odds at plus uh, 900. Why the hell? What is he coming back from? What is Carson Wentz coming back from? Sucking? I don't I don't think we're I think we're losing the spirit of this award when we're starting to give the award to people that are just like, you had a bad season. You're coming back from it. It's like, oh, okay. I thought it was like illness or injury or something traumatic happened in their life. I guess the traumatic thing was you sucked for so long and now you're on a new team. Come back from that. Plus nine hundred. By the way, we're staying away from that. Okay, the last of the awards before we get to some over-unders here is Arthur Smith, Coach of the Year at plus 1,600. Maybe I've got too much of the Panzeri Prince in my head where I can't stay away from the Atlanta Falcons and losing money on the Atlanta Falcons. But Arthur, Arthur Smith, the architect of why the Tennessee Titans offense was really good and why a lot of people are starting to have doubts about the Tennessee Titans going into this year because he's not there anymore. You know, is he the creator of Ryan Tannehill or is, is Ryan Tannehill the perfect player for Arthur, Arthur Smith? I don't know. We're about to find out. But... You can't tell me, like, we can make fun of Atlanta all we want. We can make fun of 27-3. We can, do, we can, man, can we make fun of Atlanta. That's, that's a lot of fun to do. But you can't look me in the eye and go, they're not talented. There's incredible talent all over the place, even on the defensive side. It's not like the Dallas Cowboys situation. So if you get somebody coming in there, that's an offensive genius. That's supposedly what he is. And they have the talent there. Couldn't, couldn't they win nine games? 17-game schedule, remember that. Couldn't they win nine games? And if they do, if they, you know, if they battle for the, the division title, wouldn't Arthur Smith be a good coach of the year candidate coming from a low record to a high record at plus 1,400? I am willing to find out. So there you go. Arthur Smith, coach of the year, plus 1,400. That is worth a little bit of a sprinkle. And, oh, see, I got too excited. I got, we were talking football, and they're like, you know, the producer's like, no, oh, we got to hose him down a little bit, speaking of, just like Chargers fans. Fans, in the loosest quotation marks ever. Are there any Chargers fans? If you're a Chargers fan, reach out to me at LosingMoneyWAB on Instagram or Twitter where we make daily picks, daily picks every day so that you can be betting with us in between episodes. Thanks for Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. Can you please rate, subscribe, review Losing Money with Andrew Bascom on whatever podcast platform you currently listen to this on? If you feel like gambling is becoming a problem, please go to problemgambling.ca. The incredible theme and music that plays throughout the show was done by Nikki Mitchell. You can find her music on Spotify or on Instagram. Click the link. It's in the podcast description right now. All art for the show was created by Alex Monid, and we are a proud product of Sad Styles Productions. Executive producers, Mike Aaronworth, and me, Andrew Bascom. Thank you so much for listening, and have fun losing money this weekend. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set.
Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!